0: Welcome everyone to our brand new sermon series for the next three Sundays, three Sundays before before the Christmas series that we're going to be covering during the entire month of December. Every year we take the time to focus on finances, but this time I want to look at giving as one of the expressions of worship, and we're going to lay it out for the next three Sundays. And obviously today, we're going to be focusing on that passage that Pinky has read for us today. And that's coming from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And from there, we're going to look at at the picture of what sacrifice and offering to the Lord is all about. We have come to uh, a time when giving has just become a cliche. Uh, That's something... So familiar that it has become just a liturgical practice with no meaning, a, a cliche, or, or some would look at this as more of a duty, a duty that's dreaded, that some people would just let it pass. Or if not, it's just a routine. Let me just do it for the sake of doing it every Sunday. It has become a routine, and you have lost the significance and the essence of why we're doing this as part of our worship service when we gather together. And obviously, we're online, and we're still trying to do that even through our giving online. And obviously, we have our, uh, our center open during the week where some of you probably would want to drop by here in the mall and drop uh, your offering in our, in our Dropbox. And, and it can be done as well. But the point is, how can we recapture the significance and the essence of giving when we gather together. How can we do that? We have thought of uh, a way to do that, and which is to revisit some of the passages of the Scripture one from the Old Testament, which we're going to be looking at today, one in the book of Proverbs next week, and then New Testament the third week. And all these three passages of the Scripture will try to help us focus on giving as a form of worship. Now, we're going to look and recapture and how we can go back to its original intent when it was uh, done in, 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 the, in the Garden of Eden. We're going to look at that during the time of Cain and Abel. And obviously in verse 1, and I'm going to present to us three questions uh, that would help us recapture that, that meaning and significance of, of, of giving as a form of worship today. And the first question I'd like to, for us to focus on is found in, obviously, in verse 1. Let me just go over it right now again. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother uh, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. Right there, we've seen the path that that they have chosen as part of their careers. But we all know that there was a, a, a promise when Adam and Eve came together, and the scripture has used the word new, and they bore a son, The declaration was, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. The expectation during that time. They have never had any precedent like this. They've never had a family with a wife who's pregnant. This is it. (laughs) And when Eve was, was pregnant and when she delivered the baby, I could imagine the declarations that she made. And she said, the Lord... I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Obviously, it wasn't a man, as in a man, but a baby. But she knew, could it be that she was expecting for that enmity that has been prophesied in chapter 3, verse 15? Enmity that would be put between her offspring and the offspring of, of of the enemy. And that's basically the microcosm Gospel in chapter 3, verse 15. Could it be that this is the Messiah? But she, she welcomed the baby with the help of the Lord, that's what she said. And then we, we discovered that they have chosen the di- di- different careers. We all know that Cain had, bo- uh, uh, Abel had become a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. There's nothing wrong with the path with a career path that they have chosen. Um, But now, verse 3, here we see some of the possible questions that I'd like to present to us today, and I hope these questions will help us recapture the spirit of offering or sacrifice or giving before God. First, right timing. The question we need to ask is, why delay worshiping God when you can do it today? Why delay Worshipping God when you can do it today. Look at verse 3. In the course of time. In the course of time. Instead of immediately or at once. Just like when we read the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, we would see uh, a lot of uh, action points. But here, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering Now notice, first, the right timing of worshiping God is supposed to be today, wherever you are. You don't have to wait for quite a while before you can offer worship to God. But we see in this passage, it seems like it was so slow that in a course of time, then there was a a revelation and understanding of doing something about our creator, as far as the second generation is concerned. Adam and Eve had done their part. Now these are their children. Now they're about to express their faith, but it took time for them to do it. Question number one, why delay worshiping God when you can do it today? Instead of in the course of time, it could have been immediately they have come and offer a sacrifice before the Lord. But instead of that, uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was delayed. Second question I'd like us to look at is on re- regarding the right sacrifice. Second question is, why rely on man-made religion when God is to be worshiped in spirit and in truth? Why rely on a man-made religion when God is to be worshiped in spirit and in truth? Look at verse 3, the second part of verse 3. And it says, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. It's It's just a very simple description by the author. This Genesis, the book of Genesis, was written by Moses. And Moses has not taken the time to describe the kind of offering that Cain gave. But I want you to notice verse 4. It seems like the author gave some details that if you're reading this so quickly, you might miss it. That's why I want to encourage us sometimes when we read our Bibles, don't be in a hurry. <laughs> I want you to see every word, every, every phrase of that passage so that you would see and enjoy the drama and the difference of the descriptions being given by the author. Now, I want you to look at verse 4, and it says this. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. Now, I want you to see what the author did mention as far as what Abel presented before God. And we see here the word firstborn of the flock. Firstborn of the flock. Now, Cain gave an offering to the Lord of the fruits of the ground. Just a fruit. No mention of first fruits. Okay, just a fruit. It might have been the last fruit. It might have have been, you know, uh, just a regular fruit. But the author just said, fruit of the ground. But when it came to Abel, the author called it firstborn. The the idea of giving the firstborn to God has its significance. It, It highlights that the creator of the universe is the author of life. He is such the author of life that he deserved all the first harvests. It just happened here, the firstborn of the flock, but in here there's no mention of first fruits. It was just an offering, fruit from the ground. Sometimes what is not mentioned by the author is already giving us meaning. You see the discrepancy of the offerings of both of these two side by side, just an offering, fruit of the ground, but here, not just born of the flock, but first born of the flock. And the author did not stop. He went on regarding the the description of Abel's sacrifice. And you see the next part of the verse, first born of the flock and of their fat, portions, and of their fat portions, fat portions of the flock of the firstborn has something to do with the best that produces an aroma when it's being sacrificed before God and it's being burned before God with the fat portion, the fat portions, then the scripture would tell us in, 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 in the Old Testament, that it is a pleasing aroma to God. In the book of Leviticus, the fat portions of the, of the offerings produces such a something that is pleasing to God. It's a sign of something that is pleasing to the Lord. The author has taken the time to describe the gifts, the offering, and the sacrifice of Abel which is firstborn and the fat portions of the flock. While on the other side, there's the, it lacks description. It's just said, an offering fruit from the ground. You see from there already that Abel had taken the time, painstakingly taken the time to make sure that he's able to bring the right Sacrifice before God. Theologians are debating because the author seemed to have not given enough elbow room to describe the theological perspective behind the offerings. The author just made, made an assumption right there of the offerings. Because you have to understand in the ancient, in ancient Near Easts, every t- people, every time they would make a sacrifice, to their gods, they would always give the best. And that has been the practice in Mesopotamia, in the pagan world. Could it be that it came from this passage of Scripture, the first practice of sacrifice right here in the Garden of Eden? But I could imagine during the time of Moses when he has written this, the ones who would be reading this would understand immediately that when it says first fruits, then they knew it. That this able uh, guy is giving the best as a form of worship to God. Next week, we're going to talk more about that in the book of Proverbs. It's almost like going to be a repeat, but more in a, in a, a, a deeper perspective next week. I don't want you missing the sermon next week. But right here, it's already giving us a glimpse of the theological perspective behind the text even though the author did not take the time to explain it. We see here as we, as we move on, could it be, some, some theologians are saying that, that uh, many believe that Abel realized the need for the death of a living substitute to atone for his sins, but Cain did not. There's been that assumption that they both knew that the only way to atone for their sins is through the death of a living substitute. If Cain knew about it and his career path was to plant colorful plants and vegetables, if he really knew that what is needed is a, a sacrifice of a living animal, he could have made an exchange with his brother. Or even just sacrificing the fruit of the ground, it's already acceptable to God. There's a description in the book of Leviticus again, or in Deuteronomy, where the first fruits of the ground has been, the harvest is being presented to God, and it's been accepted. And we're gonna look at that as we move on in a while. But the point is, theologians are saying that, could it be that these brothers knew the theological perspective behind it, the implications of their sacrifices, have something to do with the atonement of their sins. And he and 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 Abel, if he understood this, he may have learned it by divine revelation that scripture did not record explicitly. Could it be that these children, as part of the family story, that Adam and Eve would give them a story about how God created them and on how uh, they would be having fellowship with God in the garden. And then in their fellowship, maybe they've given the story of how they were uh, deceived by the serpent. Or probably they've given probably a story of them that they have sued fig leaves to make loin clothes for themselves when they have eaten the fruit that the Lord asked them not to eat eat from, and so they made, could you imagine, that's the first religion right there, a man-made religion, covering up themselves, using fig leaves as, as loin clothes, and, and that's what they did, and yet we see in the passage of the Scripture, in Genesis uh, 3, verse 7, we see they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin clothes. But something happened in verse 21. I want you to look at what happened in verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. We see here that God removed the loin clothes of fig leaves that they had made for themselves and replaced it with with the garment of of skins. Obviously, before you can take that garment of skin, there's a process you have to go through it. Could it be that God has went through all the process and there was a blood shed when those skin was taken out and and, and been made and, and dried up and became like fur? It became a garment, and the Lord had clothed them with the skin of the animals. Could it be that they have heard that story growing up as brothers, the story that their parents had told them and through the divine revelation had given them an idea that the way to atone man's sins is through a substitute of a living animal? Why? Because the scripture says in, in Hebrews, in Hebrews verse chapter 9, verse 22, it says, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Could it be that they picked it up according to that story from the family? And obviously through that story came a divine revelation. And I want you to take note that Cain, in spite of that, made an offering that has come from an effort of dead religion. If Cain had that idea, why did, see, did he choose not to do it? Not to sacrifice a living substitute? Could it be, well, in, 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 in other passages of his scripture, uh, it says that basically that, that Cain had chosen to take that path. And that was a choice that he had made, that there was evil in his heart, and he has chosen to make that effort of offering from, dead, from the perspective of a dead religion. But what about Abel? Abel's offering was the effort... That was made in faith, in a desire to worship God in spirit and in truth. So I want us to understand that revelation precedes faith. Because of the revelation that Abel had gotten to himself, he moved in faith. In fact, if we're going to look at that right now in the passage of his scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, in the first part of chapter 11, let me turn it there right now. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. I believe that Abel expressed true worship when he gave his offering before God and he had done it in faith out of that revelation of who God is. I believe that that that's the kind of attitude God wants us to have, a sense of, of knowing God and we honor Him and we express gratitude to him. When we give our tithes and offerings week in, week out, depending on how often you give your tithes and offerings, some of you are twice a month, some of you are at the end of the month, it's just proper to have that attitude of, of Abel, which is an attitude of honor, that the author has even described it as firstborn of the flock, and the fat portions was given honor, and a sense of attitude, uh, gratitude before God. When we give our tithes and offerings it, with a sense of gratitude, with the gift of life that he has given us, that truly he's the author of life, that we give him the best, and ultimately, we give in faith. That's what we have talked about a while ago, that revelation precedes faith. And so it's very crucial That when we give our tithes and offerings, whether through online, I would suggest that before you even give online, before you click that part, and when you've already clicked what you needed to click, and then the final one, before you even do it, you might want to call your wife or your children. If your children are old enough and they're doing their own tithes and offerings, let them do it. But let them see you do it with you you and your wife. Call your wife. Since we're doing this online, you're not able to come here in our, in our center. Pray before you give that final click on your computer. Pray together and say, Lord, we give this as a gift, as a form of worship, recognizing that you are the author of life. If you deserve all the worship, that we are grateful for the gift of life and the gift of eternal life you've given us. And Lord, it's all by faith, and we're grateful and we trust you even during this time of pandemic for your provision and continuous provision for the Filipino people, especially during this time of Ulysses P.H. and all these storms that are happening in our nation that you'll continue to provide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Then you can go ahead and send it. It is done in faith and in honor and in gratitude before God. That's the able way of worship, that His sacrifice, His giving is a form of worship. And the last question, the first question I I mentioned a while ago is the right timing. So why delay worshiping God when you can do it today? Second question is why rely on man-made religion? Why repeat what the parents had done? They have used... Leaves of of figs to cover themselves. Now here's their son using the, the vegetables and all these plants. As a form of religion from his own effort. Without even exerting with sense of honor and gratitude and faith. He just did it for the sake of doing it. But here's Abel have given the first fruits. Or the firstborn and the fat portions with sense of honor and gratitude and worship and faith to God? Why rely on man-made religion when God is to be worshipped in spirit and in truth? Now it's the truth that the ultimate sacrifice and the living substitute happen in the life of Christ. Here in the garden, it was a blood, it was a sacrifice for the atonement of one sin. Then in, in Israel, during the time of Moses, is the sacrifice of an animal for the forgiveness of the sin of a nation. But here, 2,000 years ago, the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, his blood is enough to save the entire mankind, the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the truth. And the last question that we need to uh, look at today is has something to do with the right attitude. The right attitude. Why be enslaved to a negative posture when you can freely worship God with faith and with joy, why be sad and be enslaved to this negative feeling and attitude if you can have joy and faith in your heart, in your worship? We see that in verse four, later part of verse four, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain, verse five, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why have your face fallen? Now this is the Lord speaking to Cain. Verse 7, If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, it wasn't an issue of what he was offering, but it's it's an issue of his heart. It's the condition of the heart of gain. He has chosen that path of dead religion and not giving the best and the first fruits. If Abel had given the firstborn, he could have given the first fruits. But he didn't. That's the problem. And the Lord has asked that question in verse 7. He says, if you do well, you will not be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, but you must rule over it. Right here, you can still sense the grace and the... And the mercy of God and the warning from the voice of God and says, it's either you do well or you, if you don't do well, sin is crouching at your door. By the way, don't give in to it. Almost God is giving him a warning. But we all know the story. He gave in to it. And we all know the rest of the story. He killed his own brother. The dad and the mom, Adam and Eve, was expecting for the Messiah, the enmity. But what they didn't realize that that man, whom they were expecting to be the enmity, became a murderer. Wrong attitude. But here Abel, Abel, by the way, means breath. Truly his life was so short, but his name, he, but he made it. In Hebrews chapter 11, he made an impact that even when he was already dead, his blood is still speaking from the ground. That's the faith of Abel. As we end today, I just wanna say this, that there are two kinds of religions that we have seen through the life of Adam and Eve and through the life of Abel and Cain, and that is the religion of man's way and God's way. Man's way is like the way of Cain in Jude chapter 1, verse 11. There's only one chapter anyway, but it says in verse 11, Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. What was the way of Cain? Whenever, every time you see the word way of Cain, that means it talks about self-righteousness. We're talking about unbelief. We're talking about empty religion leading to jealousy. We're talking about persecuting of those truly godly and murdering anger. That's the way of Cain. That's dead religion. But I hope that we will take the way of Abel, and it's a way of faith. It's a way of believing that my sins will be atoned for through the blood of a living thing. Well, we all know what happened 2,000 years ago. The Lamb of God took away our sins and died on the cross and became the Lamb of God that took away our sins, that by faith we can now be saved and worship God. So I say this as we, as we end. By the way, a man by the name of Joseph Parker said this, an English congregational minister. He said, if you want to find out Cain's condition of heart, you will find it after the service, which he pretended to render. You know a man best out of church. Sometimes we will find out the real person when he is out of the church and the way he conducts himself. As I end, I want to say this. There's only one way to worship God, and that is through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. That's the only way to worship God. And when we give our tithes and offerings, it's a form of worship to God And the ultimate expression of that worship because of what Christ has done on that cross, that we can now offer a gift before God uh, as as an expression of our gratitude and honor. We'll talk more about that next Sunday. And of faith. May the Lord bless you as you continue to worship God with your gifts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.